and welcome to the second ever episode of the MLS Aces Podcast. My name is Tom Sweezy, and thank you for joining. Um, If you noticed, I have a little intro music, so I'm starting to sound like an actual podcast. So, uh, you know, look at me, I'm I'm impressing myself. Um, Today's episode is actually going to be pretty interesting, in my opinion. Uh, I'm going to run through the recent signings since the last podcast, which was only three days ago. I know I said I was going to do it once a week, but since I'm starting this and I, you know, I don't have a lot on my plate as of right now, I decided why not throw a little podcast in if I'm not doing anything. Um, so yeah, this episode I'm going to run through the most recent signings, um, most recent moves in general, um, that have happened in MLS, and then in the second half I have an interview with a, uh, close friend of mine, his name is Noah Reif, uh, he is a photographer, um, he thinks he takes plenty of great pictures for the MLS kick game, that is, the, sorry, the Tops kick game, the MLS cards in that game. Um, it is a trading card game that you do like over your phone, it's an app, and it's pretty fun. It's not my most favorite thing, but I know plenty of people who enjoy it, so if you were ever wondering where some of those pictures come from, my buddy Noah is one of those photographers. Um, so let's get into the signings. The first signing that we're going to talk about is Sporting Kansas City has signed Ghanaian winger Latif Blessing. Um, Blessing is 20 years old, so there's youth right there. Um, He was bought from Liberty Professionals FC in the Ghanaian Premier League. Um, Obviously not a big-time soccer league. It's the Ghanaian Premier League, but still, um, from what I've been reading about him and from from some of the tape that I've been watching of him, he seems pretty impressive, uh, pretty pacey, and um, could definitely be a future asset to uh, Sporting Kansas City. In 2016, he was named the Ghanaian Premier League Player of the Year after scoring 17 goals in his first full season with uh, what was it? it with Liberty Professionals. Um, he's young, like I said. I don't know if he's gonna see a lot of minutes this upcoming season. Um, he could, you know, if he impresses in training, then definitely you might see him on the wing. You might see him replacing uh, Jacob Peterson, who was selected by Atlanta United in the expansion draft. Um, I definitely think this was a solid signing for Sporting Kansas City, who last season their goal stro- their goal scoring struggles came from Dom Dwyer trying to do it himself up top. He had no real help, and the games where they really didn't have those goal-scoring troubles was where Jacob Peterson was at his best. Now that he's gone, they need another winger, they need another person up top to give Dwyer some help, and Blessing could be the guy. You never know. Um, the second signing that I want to talk about is the Chicago Fire have signed 35-year-old Uruguayan goalkeeper Jorge Rodrigo Bava. Um... Bava has been on plenty of different clubs in South America and Central America in general. Um, he most recently played for Atletico Bucaramanga in Colombia. Sorry about that. Um, he's experienced. Um, from what I read from what's, uh, from what the Chicago Fire put out, he's very still technically like with it. He's very he knows where he is in that. He knows the pieces around him and um that could be a good signing for them 
Um, like I said, he's 35. Though he's a goalkeeper, 35 still kind of scares me. I don't know if I was running a team, I don't know how many 35-year-olds I want to be signing for their first season in a new league. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who starts between him and Matt Lampson. Uh, Lampson played okay in the time that he did get in net for the fire last season, so it'll be interesting to see. I guess it'll be a competition in camp, um, but that'll be later to find out. The next pair of signings that I want to talk about have come from the Colorado Rapids. The Rapids have made two homegrown contract signings. They have signed University of Den- Denver defender Courtney Ford and Creighton University midfielder Ricardo Perez. Um, Perez seems to be a solid midfielder uh, in general. He seems to be possession-based from what I can tell. Uh, there's not a lot on him. There's not a lot covering NCAA soccer in general, so it's hard to find information about these guys. But from stats that I've been looking at, from some reports that I've been looking at, and from the tapes that I've been looking at, he seems to just be a possession midfielder, um, capable of putting some decent amount of shots on target. So hopefully he can develop nicely for the Rapids. Um, Ford was a guy who I was actually really... I was really excited about him after looking at some of his uh, tape and some of his uh, descriptions. Um, Ford played in 23 matches last season and led a Denver, a University of Denver back line that only allowed .52 goals per game on average. Um, he seemed to be the the leader on that back line, and leading a back line that only allowed .52 goals per game is very impressive, and I'm excited to see more defensive depth added to that uh, Colorado team. The next signing, or the next move, sorry, that I want to talk about is the Minnesota United have acquired midfielder Colin Martin from D.C. United for a 2018 fourth-round super draft pick. Um, after After a few days ago, when they signed Christian Ramirez and Miguel Ibarra, it seems that Minnesota is finally starting to make some moves. I'm not 100% crazy about this move, but at least it's getting players onto the roster. Um, last season, Martin was mainly on loan with the Richmond Kickers. Who The Richmond Kickers, I have to say, little side note here, are the uh, home team of one of my favorite podcasts, the uh, Total Soccer Show. Um, so go check them out. They're I mean, I'm sure if you were listening to this, you know the Total Soccer Show. They are great. They are hysterical, and they really, you know, gel well together. Um, but back to Colin Martin. Um, Martin is still respectively young, like MLS young, at the age of 22, but hasn't really lived up to the hype that uh, he came into the league with. Um, Adrian Heath, he likes his young players, and I really hope that the youth player guru, Adrian Heath, can come in, work with Martin, and uh, develop him into the potential that everyone seemed to say he had before uh, coming into the league. The next move is the Philadelphia Union. The Union have really been impressing me so far with their off-season signings. They've only made two last week with uh, their left-back signing, and this week now they have signed English forward Jay Simpson. Um, Simpson has bounced around England soccer in all different divisions of English soccer, and uh, he is now 28 years old, and he is coming over to the Union from English League Two side Leighton Orient. Um, 
from 2014 to 2017, he played for uh, Leighton Orient. He played a total of 87 games, scoring a, t- scoring a total of 33 goals. Um, I think this is a really good signing for the Union in general. Uh, they need a, they really need a striker to put away goals. CJ Sapong looked like he finally, you know, turned that corner last season, in the beginning of the season, starting off strong, putting away his shots, putting goals on target, but fell off. Like CJ Sapong is known to do. I am, I, I like CJ Sapong as a person. I think he is a very decent soccer player, but he is not the striker that the Union need to rely on. Someone like Simpson could come in, could start putting away goals, so it could open up some more lanes for Sapong to even improve his play. So it'll be interesting to see how he, how Simpson can adapt to MLS and how um, other players around Simpson may play if he can produce. Um, the last two moves that I want to talk about before going on to the interview with Noah... Uh, the Portland Timbers have loaned out forward Lucas Milano to Argentinian club Belgrano. Um, Milano is was a very young DP signing for the Timbers that just haven't hasn't really worked out, and uh, there has been speculation of them moving him, and now he's gone. It's only a one-year loan, but with these one-year loan options, there's always an option to buy. Um, so now that he is gone in Argentina, this opens up a DP spot for the Timbers. Uh, the Timbers, they've had plenty of connections with them since the beginning, since the middle of last season to now. I've heard names like Wayne Rooney. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Don't, you know, don't quote me there. That's just names I've heard. But this could open up an opportunity for Caleb Porter to bring in an impactful designated player. Um, I would like to see them bring in maybe someone up top to help Fernando Adi play, or if Adi's sold, you never know, because he's had speculation around him, then maybe a striker to replace Adi. Um, I mean, I, I like Caleb Porter, I like what he's done in Portland, and I think that he could make a decent move with a DP spot open. The uh, final signing that I want to talk about, uh, San Jose has signed Panamanian center back Harold Cummings, uh, Cummings is 25 years old, and he most recently played for LD Alajuense in Costa Rica. Um, he was a constant figure on their back line, from what I can tell, and uh, he was a constant figure on his national team back line, making t- a total 46 appearances for the Panamanian national team. Um, good move for San Jose. San Jose, after everything's changing up for them this off season and at, you know last year as well. They need defensive help, and Cummings could come in, and he could... He's 25 years old, so he's most likely in his prime, and he could come in and be a very strong center back to play right in front of David Bingham, and I'm excited to see him play. You know, obviously the center back isn't the big shocking signing that everyone wants to see, but it's it's an important signing. Um... And now that that's all the news that has happened in the three or four days since I last recorded. Um, so now I want to kind of just give you a little, you know, description before going into the interview. Um, like I said before, I had an interview with my good friend Noah Reif. Uh, Reif is a photographer for, he is a photographer for the Tops Kick game and he has taken plenty of beautiful pictures um, of MLS players in general, uh, he was at the, 
uh, the Copa Centenario this last summer, and he took awesome pictures of Argentina and, you know, Lionel Messi. Um, so the beginning of this interview audio that I recorded with uh, Noah got a little cut off in the beginning. I'm pretty much in the beginning, all I'm saying that got cut off was, like, this is Noah Reif, um, you know, and just a little bit of the introduction, but um, you're, it's it's a fine recording otherwise, and I really hope you guys enjoy it. So here it is. Noah Reif. Noah is a huge MLS fan. Uh, he is a Sounders fan, so lucky for him that his team just won MLS Cup. Um, he is a photographer. Uh, I've seen plenty of his pictures on his Twitter account, and the pictures are phenomenal. He has some pictures of Lionel Messi from the uh, Copa Centenario this summer, and he has plenty of Sounders pictures. Yeah. Um, he is a great follow on Twitter, so later we'll give you that contact information. But, um, Noah, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, man. I'm glad to be your first guest. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, no um, worries, man. One, another thing I wanted to bring up about you is that you have a Twitch account. If you do not yes. know, Twitch is a website app that you can watch people do uh, play games, um, you know, like video games, games on your phone, stuff like that. And you are very popular on Twitch for your Tops Kick game. Uh, yes. Tops Kick is a trading uh, trading card game on your phone. Um, you actually shot all the pictures, the MLS pictures for the Tops Kick game. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about that, like how you got into that? And yeah, for sure. That, that was uh, it's kind of a crazy story. I'm I was just a fan of the app, playing the app, and uh, one of the designers who does some of the designs for the cards is on Twitter, and I just hit him up and I said, Hey man, here's my portfolio. Uh, if you have time, you know, I'd love if you could check it out, give me some feedback, whatever, just because I loved his work and, you know, him working with, obviously, photographers. Uh, it was good to kind of hear that opinion, and he said, it's really good, and and uh, he sent it to his boss, who's in charge of all of the apps, which they have, I think, like, eight or nine apps now. It's a ton of sports, from hockey to soccer, baseball, football, um, and they said we want to hire you to do a set of cards um called on the sidelines and it was just kind of a different perspective on soccer photography i guess uh yeah. but it was so much fun i was able to shoot um the entire season uh, i live in dallas and i got to um shoot at the wonderful fc dallas stadium <laughs> and um that was super fun i got to meet a ton of people uh i got to you know meet don garber i got to meet uh just tons of different people and it's really cool to be uh inside of that world and it's a different perspective on the game as well as the industry itself it's really really cool mm-hmm. and honestly i I've looked at your pictures constantly, and I love them. You have pictures of Messi from the Copa, as I mentioned before, and that, that those are great pictures. And one of my favorite pictures is a picture of uh, Clinton Dempsey and Christian Roldan. And mm. I think they're hugging in the picture. I'm not sure, but I, yes. it's one it's one of my favorites. Thank you, man. That's, yeah, I love It's been, honestly, an honor to be able to shoot, and it's become one of my, just kind of my passions nowadays. Mm-hmm. And they are great. Thank um, you. 
first question that I want to ask you. Um, so 2016 was an up and down season for the Seattle Sounders. Um, obviously, halfway through the season, they looked like one of the worst teams in MLS. Yeah. For and sure. then <laughs> finishing the season with an MLS Cup. Um, as a Sounders fan, what do you make of last season's failures and successes? Because I think it's good to touch on both. Yeah, I mean, I saw everything this season. I mean, I, you know, I start, I saw a start of a season where obviously I'm excited. You know, it's a new season. Um, we're a good team. You know, the Sounders are a name that people know for just being a somewhat of a powerhouse in the MLS, whether it be for their fan base or their big signings like Clint Dempsey um, and people like DeAndre Yedlin, who they've developed and sent off to Europe. Uh, but, you know, it was a honestly the, the craziest season I've ever seen as a fan. You know, we went from being literally one of the worst teams in MLS to winning the MLS Cup. And I saw midseason where we're really, you know, it was a start of a just an OK season, right? It really wasn't anything special. I was like, okay, we're going to make the playoffs again. We're going to lose to Dallas again. And, like, that's really what I was thinking. Yes. And I was like, it's okay. You know, I love my Sounders. It's just one of those seasons. Maybe we're building this season. And we we did. You know, mid-season, I saw a loss of faith from the team, from the management, from the fans. Everyone just got disconnected. And it was this, this week or two weeks where it just felt like the team didn't care anymore and they were just done. They were like, we're not going to show up for you guys. You know, it, it kind of felt, a lot of the fans felt like betrayed because they were, they didn't think that the team was taking it seriously and they were, they had kind of given up on themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, as a fan, that's hard to watch and that's hard to see, especially when you're paying money to go out there and see them and support a team where you really, really feel involved. And so that was really, really hard on, the players as well as the fans and we saw people really walking out of training um people really unhappy with the management and that's where we saw uh siggy schmidt get fired yes um which was literally the turnaround for this entire season now i personally do not like siggy schmidt I have to give him credit where credit is due. He has been an outstanding coach for the Sounders. Um, but personally, I have, I've, I lived in Seattle for 16 years, and I, you know, from time to time you bump into a random person, and I've bumped into him five times or so, and every time he is just, he's not, he's just not a nice guy. He, he's a little rough around the edges, and he doesn't like the attention that he gets from being you know, kind of a Seattle soccer icon in a way. Mm-hmm. And and that, uh, being a head coach, I think that that's a big part of your job is you're a face of the team, right? You're coaching them, you're, you know, but you're also this face, right? And and I never saw Siggy as that. He, he always wanted to hide away or whatever. I remember Copa America this summer, um, I was going to take a couple pictures at the Argentina training at the Sounders training field when they actually scrimmaged the... Uh, Sounders youth team, which was actually really cool to see, um, but I, well, I was let in, and Siggy was next to me, and we were walking in. Literally, we were walking, being escorted together, and 
you know, I just tried to have a normal conversation like I would with anyone who was just walking next to me. And he just didn't seem to want to have any of it. Like, it, it was a really weird thing. But mm-hmm. I could tell that he wasn't loving what he was doing in Seattle. And, you know, it, it progressively got worse as, you know, later on in the season got. Um, you know, things came out where it said Clint Dempsey had not talked to Siggy for a year or some some saying just like this whole season like yes <laughs> which when you're a star player and you have not had co- like direct communication with your coach in an entire season like that's surprising and, when you're and, the biggest name on your team's roster and you're not having direct contact with your head coach is an issue yeah it's it's a big issue and people people kind of sided with Dempsey on it and um I've seen videos of Siggy in the locker room. He is he is rough, you know. I understand why he does a good job, but I think his his type of coaching it only speaks to a certain group. And I think the Sounders have outgrown that stage of being young and being impressionable and kind of goofing off and not taking everything 100% seriously. And he he whipped them into shape. He was like, guys, this is not okay, you know. Now, when you look at the team, we have uh, we have people from all over the world who have been in World Cups, and they're big names. You you can't coach them the same as coaching a group of young kids just joining in the MLS. Mm-hmm. And so I think his time was coming to a close, and I think a lot of people could see that. And that was really the start of the season turning around, in my opinion. We signed Ladero. The day that we fired Siggy, he got here. He, you know, he had been meeting with Siggy, and Siggy really closed that deal. So I think that that's something that we do have to give him props for. But it was crazy. He got here, and there was a new coach, Brian Schmetzer, and he did everything. He he is literally the opposite of Siggy in every way. He's uh, he motivates people. He's an easy guy to talk to. He's a great you know, Northwest Seattle soccer model. He played on the Sounders in their NASL days. He coached them. He won them trophies. And now he's coaching the MLS and he's won them trophies. So him coming in, he knew, he knows soccer. That's in his blood. Seattle soccer is in his blood. And so I thought that was probably the best change. Not, And, and people will say, yes, Ladero coming in did completely change the depth of our team. But I think that um, Brian Schmetzer coming and coaching was a huge change, too. And I know that there was this one um, locker room talk he gave, and he, he gave an interview to uh, the Sounders about this. And he said he sat everyone down, and that was this was right after Siggy got fired. He said, you guys have a chance to make this season what you want to make it. I can't do it. You have to do it. You know, He sat them down and he said, you guys are in charge. We're a good team. We can turn this thing around. And from then, they did not stop winning. So I think that, that is – it shows that his coaching, along with, you know, the the signings and the – I think the hard work that the entire team put in because they didn't want to be losing to Chicago and <laughs> Houston. Um, I think that that is – I mean, it's been a crazy – it's been the craziest season I've seen as a Sounders fan. And – Winning the MLS Cup after that, it was a whirlwind of emotions. 
Um, I mean, definitely. I've seen your you know, video you posted on Twitter of your reaction to uh, Roman yes. Torres' final <laughs> goal. And oh, it's man. it's a great, pure reaction from a Sounders fan. Yeah. Um, the first thing I wanted to touch on that you said was about uh, the change in the locker room from Siggy Schmidt to Brian Schmelzer. Um, <laughs> I, you, you mentioned a complete change and like, you know, in, in, it, to me, it seems like a complete environmental change. You never yeah. really heard of anyone in the Seattle locker room kind of like, you know, you never really heard of anything, which was, it's not a bad thing and it's not a good thing. Yeah. But then after, you know, Schmelzer came in, it's a change of environment to you're seeing videos of Roman Torres dancing in the locker room right, yeah. and Jordan Morris awkwardly trying to dance for three <laughs> right, seconds, right. you know? So I think that was, I think that's a big uh, change to the season that people, that fans and, you know, people around the MLS try, uh, overlook to a bit. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that you touched on that because that's mm-hmm. something that's very true. Um, and and the only, really the only reason that I know that Siggy was like that in the locker room, there's a great documentary that um, I think Levy Films did, and I bought it because it, obviously it's Sounders. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna buy this. Like this looks good, and it, it was their playoff run like four years ago, I think. And man, he was just like swearing at him, screaming at him. Like I knew why there was no cameras in that. Yes, you know it, it. It really, yeah. That is, I'm sure that is did. so true. I'm sure he didn't want the cameras in there. Yeah. <laughs> um. What do you think of? I just had this idea, like literally, when you were speaking. Mm-hmm. How do you think the Seattle Sounders, since the day they've stepped into MLS, have been a success? They've made it to yeah. the playoffs every single year, and I think next to the Galaxy, they are like the second biggest team name in MLS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I would argue that they're bigger, but, you know, I'm yeah. a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you think this the beginning of the season was affected by a history of winning and success to all of a sudden, wow, we're losing every game, we're not scoring goals, defense looks awful? Like, how do you think that kind of factored in? I think that it's... It, there's a lot of things that go into that. I think, one, a neglect from the front office to spend money... Um, and, and this has happened before, but ownership is a big part of this game. You know, soccer, you, you have to put in money to make your team win, to make money back. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that was a really big part of it. I think the ownership was kind of being lax in spending money, whether it be on players, uh, the, where we needed to fill in those gaps. Like, you, Roman Torres, he, he is our rock, you know, he is our rock in the back, and we had just a bad defense. We really did. But you saw this shift in the ownership where they're like, oh, gosh, we're losing money. Our fans are leaving. We got to put some money back in so that we can get some money back. And, and, you know, soccer is a business. You know, that's the way that they look at it. Yes. And so that was – I think that that was that, – that's the biggest part of that that that's when everything changed you know mm-hmm. the fact that they realized that um so now mls cup is in the past sorry to say you know yep. another season is quickly approaching um and this off season has been pretty quiet for the sounders um two noticeable departures for them they have lost striker nelson valdez and they've lost midfielder eric freiberg yes. um but they have done 
they have made some moves to try to replace them. They yeah. have traded for former Houston Dynamo forward Will Bruin and yes. former Montreal Impact midfielder Harry Ship. Um, where do you see these guys fitting into your into this 2017 Seattle Sounders squad? Yeah, I mean, they're two great players, and I think in some ways they're better players for our system um, than Freeberg and Valdez were. Um, I, I love Valdez. I just, like, obviously he won us an MLS Cup with his penalty kick, but... Uh, there were really times when he just was not fitting in with our system, and I didn't think that it was... I think it was a quick pickup that we got him, and, you know, he works hard, and, you know, he did what we needed him to do. Mm -hmm. And I think same with Freeberg. But Freeberg, I didn't think that he looked good in our system. And two somewhat... You know, two people who have played in MLS, who that's their kind of rock is MLS, um, you get, they'll understand, they've played against us, you know, um, like Will Bruin, he's a reliable forward in Major League Soccer, you know, that's what he's known for, he played on the worst team in MLS, in my opinion, maybe the second worst team, um, and, you know, he's still capable of scoring 10 plus goals a season, and he, and he starts, and he is good. Uh, you know, he can shoot well, um, and he's good in the air and on, in with his feet. And uh, he, he's he's just a all-around good player. He's not, like, the fastest player you've seen, but, you know, he works hard and he can beat defenders. So I can see him, you know, playing that role that Valdez did and playing it maybe even better than he did. And, and same with um, Ship, you know, he's... He's young. He brings in youth to our team, which is much needed. And uh, he had some depth. And, you know, he's played for the Fire, where he was a homegrown player, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, he recently was playing in with the Impact, and I don't know. I, I really didn't think that he was looking very good there. And so I, I really hope that we can integrate him in our system, because he's young. And I think that he's still, you know, he's only had three years in the league. Um, but he's played a lot of minutes. He's played uh, 6,500 minutes, and he's scored 12 goals, and, you know, he's he's a good player, and I think that we can develop him more. And it, they're two good players, two MLS, two MLS, true MLS players, in my opinion, mm -hmm. and I think that they're going to fit in better than Valdez and Freeberg, and I'm happy for them because they both went home to their home clubs. Um, I honestly love the Will Bruin uh, signing, yes. short, short yes. and sweet there. Um, yeah. Harry Ship is a guy who definitely showed he has skill when he was with the Fire last season yeah. with the Impact. Um, didn't really show much, but I think if you know Ship is in the right environment, and I think if Seattle is that right mm -hmm. environment, then Ship is a very key piece that could play next to Ladero, and maybe yeah. Ladero could improve his play next to him. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Definitely. Yeah, that's that's definitely what I think too. I think that having, you know, he he's going to be surrounded by a lot of good players. You got Clint Dempsey, uh, you know, Ladero, even. I mean, he's. I believe, yeah, he's older than Morris, but, you know, they're going to be able to kind of grow together and play off each other, and mm -hmm. I think I think that it will be a good environment for him to grow, and him still being 
very young again, 25. He he's he's definitely. I think that he has the potential to be a sounder for a long time. <laughs> oh, he definitely does, definitely. Um, so looking more into the off season, what other moves would you like to see from the Sounders? Like, where would you like to see some improvements? Where would you like to see maybe a few guys sold? Um, yeah, where would you like to see? Um, there, there's, there's a lot of things that we've done in the mid season that, you know, the, the, the middle transfer window, um, mid season transfer window that I thought improved a lot, you know, Ladero, but I think that we need another uh, DP for sure, whether it be um, someone that can maybe eventually fill Dempsey's shoes or another, really any other role. You know, we're kind of stacking our midfield right now, or we're trying to, so a midfield DP could be another awesome addition, but definitely we need another designated player because we've got a spot open we have the money. We have the fans to support them. Um, I think that that would be a key thing for us to get this off season. And I know that there are a few people who are eyeing MLS um, that from you know other leagues that I I could see fitting in uh, our squad. I I they're slipping my mind right now, but uh, I think. Honda is it? He's looking to transfer the MLS. Yes. I could totally be wrong, but yeah, I think I could see. Yes, uh, he's not getting much playing time there. Um, he he really wants to stay on his national team and keep his national team spot, and so he's looking at an MLS move. And mm-hmm. I think that he could definitely fit in with the Sounders. And hey, I would love him. We, I mean, I'm a Land Rover guy, but I'll take a Honda. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That, that that was very smooth right there. <laughs> um, all right, and just finally, looking at the roster, what it is right now, so with the additions of Bruin mm-hmm. and the additions of Ship, what are your realistic, non-biased expectations for the Sounders next season? You guys are going to think I'm crazy, but I think I see them in another final. Um, what I've heard from you know what i've read and and what i've heard is they're really trying to build this dynasty this kind of juggernaut of a team and it really looks like the owners are willing to put in money to make this team fill in all the holes that it's had and just you know create this team that will stay consistent in the playoffs stay consistent winning. Um, obviously, again, it's a business, so they're really looking to create this Galaxy-type team. And in a way, you know, everyone knows the Galaxy. If they think MLS, I think that that's the first name that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. I think they're really trying to overshadow that. And so I think that they're going to be in the MLS Cup final next year. I'm not going to say if they win or lose or not. <laughs> I, I can't jinx myself. But it's a little too early for that. <laughs> it's a little bit too early for that. But I... I can honestly see them there again. You know, I do see, you know, us having to play a FC Dallas team, which this season I think is their, was their peak year. I think that they're a great team, but they're really going to have to spend some money if they want to actually win the cup. Mm-hmm. Um, they had an incredible season, and I loved watching them. They're, they're my second favorite team just because they're so fun to watch, and I love their coach. But, you know, I don't see them uh going very far in the near future the galaxy they need a couple years to restructure they just lost their coach their entire coaching staff 
They lost a ton of players. I don't see them going in the MLS Cup final soon. You know, um, obviously Colorado, they they lost one player, um, Jermaine Jones, yes. I believe. They yes. lost the, yeah, they lost the Jones' yeah. rights to the Galaxy. Yes, so, um, I mean, he, he, he wasn't a key player, but um, I know that I, I just don't see them. I, I think that it's the Sounders' time, and non-biased, I promise, I've thought about this <laughs> a lot, and I really do see them in the MLS Cup Final next year. I mean, I see a very good season from this um, from Seattle next year. I'm not gonna. This is way again way too early for me to make any picks that far of uh, MLS Cup final. But I think I see a successful season from them next year. The only thing that worries me is a little bit of an aging back line of uh, yeah, Roman Torres too. is old. He's injury prone. Uh, Chad Marshall isn't the fastest center back, but he's a solid. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a brick wall back there. He really is. And I'm not sure if Tyrone Nears is back on the team, but he's also older, yeah. so, you know. Yeah, and and I do see um, another picking up in the offseason. Um, there's a lot of really good center backs in the Super Draft mm-hmm. that I do see us picking up and putting on S2 and developing them for when Chad um, and our most of our back line eventually moves on, whether it be retire or go to China, as everyone does. <laughs> um, but no, I, I really I really do see... I think that's what's going to... Um, really going to... I see our back line being a problem, too. But there's a lot of good uh, center backs. I know there's... Walker Hume, I believe. He's a center back from North Carolina, and I have my eye on him. I think that we should be able to get him in the Super Draft, and we'll see if I'm right. But he would be a great addition to S2 and get him starts in the USL and then bring bring him up on the first team when we need him. I mean, I think definitely picking up a center back or any type of defender in any possible way and developing him this season would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so Noah, thank you for coming on and being the first guest on the MLS Aces podcast. Um, no for all the people listening, where can they find you? Where can they contact you? Where can they, you know, interact with you? Yeah, um, so you can follow me on Twitter at Noah Rife, N O A H R I F F E, and you can find my photos on noahrifephoto.com same thing n-o-a-h-r-i-f-f-e photo.com um and that's pretty much where i am the links to everything else should be on there thank you so much for having me man this was so much fun and i hope to talk with you soon i hope to talk to you again (laughs) soon thank you no no problem man see ya see ya i want to thank noah for coming on the show again and i want to thank you guys for listening uh I hope you guys enjoyed the show, and uh, I'll see you next time. Thank you.